0: welcome to this podcast hello and welcome to two tired dads i'm andy and kev is actually not here It's the moment we've all been waiting for, really, where you get to just listen to me for an entire episode. He has, uh, for reasons known only to himself, gone off on a camper van trip around the South Island with his wife and two small children. So um, thoughts and prayers go out to him, obviously. Uh, We didn't have time to record a full episode before he left on this magical mystery trip, and uh, frankly, I'm not entirely sure when we can expect him back. So what we thought we would do instead is record kind of a, a best-of episode um, to Tired Dads thus far. Sort of a tasting plate of all the uh, the best bits that we, um, we've recorded so far. Now, it's a little controversial, admittedly. Most episodes, or, or most podcasts rather, would kind of wait until they recorded, I don't know, 50 episodes or 100 episodes before they did a retrospective of their career so far, Uh, but Kev and I are nothing if not confident um, in the quality of the content we've been recording so far, and we think there's plenty there to keep you going um, over the next week or two until uh, Kev gets back. Probably a a shattered man, a, a sort of a shadow of his former self to record a fresh episode. So this week, you can kick back. Relax, get yourself the whiskey uh, of choice, obviously, and listen to some of the highlights of the last couple of months. It's been a real emotional roller coaster of a trip uh, since we started recording this podcast uh, in the midst of a uh, strict COVID-19 lockdown here in New Zealand, and, uh, and we've sort of finally made our way out of it. So we thought we'd, we'd kind of uh, start this episode by going back in time a little bit. Uh, revisiting the days of the lockdown, when all we were left with was uh, our own thoughts, our family, and one or two power tools we might have picked up before the lockdown began. So I have no
1: skills in DIY whatsoever. Um, the, the most I've ever really done is, is hung a picture. Yep. How did that go? Um, it took a few tries. (laughs) It's straight. (laughs) If you look at it from the right angle, if you have your head on a tilt, head on a a tilt. (laughs) So I decided for the, for lockdown to, uh, to build a wardrobe in my son's room because I thought I had a drill and um that's the kind Might of thing you it. do when you've got a trip <laughs> and it's it's a really good excuse to buy more power tools yeah, yeah. which you yeah. bought before the lockdown started I take it I did so actually what happened was that the day the lockdown was announced the day that they said okay we're going to level 3 and then 48 hours and level to level 4 um, you thought,
0: well, I'm going to prepare by
1: buying some power tools, <laughs> some power tools, <laughs> just in case you know the it turns into like the road and gangs yeah. of roving cannibals.
0: Fair enough, coming Fair around.
1: Enough. Um, and I, I went be to safe the, and the hardware store, yeah, and um, it was absolute chaos. And, Is that right? Uh, Oh, a total chaos! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, every every man in there, every man was in there buying power tools and
0: plasterboard, and every and, woman was trying to stop and the man buying power yeah, tools. Exactly. <laughs> Saying you don't. Know and there were how children, use children it. crying,
1: <laughs> blood on the floor, <laughs> and you could see just the fear in the dad's eyes at the thought of this quarantine. And good God, I need something to do.
0: So, how big is this wardrobe? So, this wardrobe,
1: it's uh, about sixteen hundred how- wide.
0: By, 1,600
1: um, metres? 1,600 metres wide, correct. It's 1.6 kilometres wide.
0: <laughs> well, no, the reason I ask you is because <laughs> a mutual friend of ours um, uh, had another friend, so we're now at, uh, a friend, thrice removed, I believe, who who anyway um, helped his, um, his father and his brother build a house in... Um, in the country, sort of near, uh, near Wellington. In the house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, build a house, and wow. uh, which which went very, very well, until they got about halfway through, and they realised the the door was something like four metres high, <laughs> and they only then realised that they'd been working at like cross purposes. Some of them been using centimetres, and some of them had been using millimetres. And so, so since hearing that story, I mean, it's it's a very grand house. The the proportions are a little bit out, from what I understand. <laughs> in certain Places.
1: Um, Which door but, was four meters high? I mean, if it was the toilet or something. I think it was exterior. the toilet.
0: Yeah, the front <laughs> the front door. You sort of had to crawl through on your hands and knees. But then the toilet was a very grand Versailles-like entrance <laughs> um, to the throne room. Into Out the throne room, room. and yeah. and and the windows were about eight meters off the ground, and you know were about sort of twenty centimeters wide. Um, so yeah, so uh, ever since hearing that story, I've always just wanted to double check you know what what scale we're using um mm.
1: no yeah. millimeters has been uh, been my go to although <laughs> what's really confusing is that when you look for like okay how do you do this on youtube mm. almost everything is american um mm. which is all inches and feet you know mm. and it's it's just uh, it's just confusing um yeah. but anyway I managed to we've tried to keep it relatively simple but it's quite large it goes to the roof which is a high stud so it's about mm-hmm. um 2.7 metres high And uh, we've probably bitten off slightly more than we could chew By putting a a cupboard above the wardrobe So built in Wardrobe, cupboard on top Oh yeah Right, Um, the likes um, mm, Yeah yeah, And the little sauna Just sort of (laughs) Which has proved the plumbing on that was tricky Um, (laughs) So we might have avoided the insurance And
0: obviously the light show that goes with the sauna Was was, Mm. um, complicated well, actually, rigging the disco ball was
1: hard. That's the hardest part.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you got mm, some, you got some fragile. tips from the Bellagio um, in Las Vegas. I understand. It's we did modelled on, It's modelled on their general approach. It looks very similar. It looks very similar. <laughs> oh, good, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. And is it all so in how, one piece? Is it actually finished? Uh,
1: no. Well, no, it can't because I can't. I need a pl. I can't plaster for shit. So, um, right. I need a. I need a an expert plaster to come in and cover up all the terrible handiwork and all the mistakes. Is that a little plug um, for a potential sponsor for
0: the podcast?
1: Yeah, <laughs> plasterers out there who want to plaster for, for sponsorship. Yeah, Just didn't know that didn't make sense? Yeah.
0: What <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. It's, it's been it, a long yeah, day. It's been a long day. Up a And the stress, the stress of of putting – I find DIY incredibly stressful. Like some people, you know, the the idea of of particularly the Kiwi bloke in his shed, you know, you sort of just Mm. take yourself off to the shed for a little bit of peace and quiet, a little bit of Zen meditation while you tinker with an engine or you build a – I don't know, a boat or something like that. That's never appealed to me. Like, I would go out to that shed and instantly crush my thumb in a vice, drop a hammer on my foot, cut my arm off, uh, and be screaming at my wife or my children to, to pass me the nail before I fell off the ladder or something <laughs> like that. Like, it would just be, be like a torture chamber. <laughs> So, Kevin and I have been recording Two tie Dads for about three months now, and most of the time, it's heaps of fun. I mean, what's not to like? You've got, you know, a close friend coming over, drinking whiskey, usually yours, uh, and talking rubbish. I mean, frankly, we would be doing that anyway, and just one day we decided to record it for posterity. I have to confess, though, every now and then, you start wondering, what are we doing here? What... Possible combination of circumstances have led us to this point, and it turns out that every now and then, Kev has those kind of doubts as well, leading to one of our weirder cold opens. Are we recording now? I just checked it on. Yeah. Ah, why
1: not? Yeah. Okay. No, there's, we don't we don't have to change how we're doing anything. We'll just check right. it on in case there's any gold in it.
0: We can edit in later. Yeah. Sure, it probably yeah. won't be. <laughs> We're gonna be like we're gonna be like those gold miners who sort of, you know, spent fifty years by the banks of the Klutha, you know, panning for tiny flecks of gold until they were old and haggard with beards down to their ankles. Mm. And they'll say, How did you spend your life? and they said, Oh, I don't know, just listening to Kevin ramble. Mm. This is what it did to me. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me now. Look at me. I'm was, a shell of a man. I was young once too. I yeah, had hopes and dreams. I'm only 23. I'm only 23. <laughs> I'm only 23. Oh, oh, but here I am by the banks of the Clutha trying to start a podcast. Well, how did it come to this? The choices uh, made. I made. You know, where did I go wrong? Fuck Robert yeah.
1: Frost and his forks in the
0: road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the path not taken. Fucking like, uh, oh, Talk about the path not taken taken it wasn't just <laughs> like there was a single choice it was like a, 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 a whole clusterfuck of choices which led to me to this point Kevin <laughs> I, I
1: slipped I slipped, I slipped, slipped off the, the bank, bank just before the two paths diverged
0: <laughs> <I> fell, down, <laughs> fell down the <laughs> hill the ch- ended up on the, the banks uh, of
1: the <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, and
0: I haven't been able to climb back up the hill so I, well, well, I, guess I, I guess I have to yeah. stay here now yeah I'm looking for the road <laughs> <laughs> Regular listeners of Two Tired Dads will know that one of our... Uh, traditional segments, one of our favourite segments, in fact, is Dad's Drams, where we taste uh, a whisky of the week, one that's caught our attention, give our thoughts on it, provide our own tasting notes, and uh, and usually compare those notes and our thoughts against the official notes on mastersofmalt.com. Now, usually this goes pretty well, and obviously we can, you know, point out a few things that, uh, that the website has overlooked. Occasionally, however, we have a few objections to some of the tasting notes and some of the, uh, the the reader reviews on the website, and we're not afraid to point them out. Now, we had a
1: look on Masters of Malt before we tried this. Andy was... As usual, trying to cheat on the tasting notes. And but it was fuck all.
0: It's poorly covered. There was fuck all about the, uh, the Abelur 1200. An abdication on of, of their
1: duties by Masters of Malt. I would actually
0: like to put a call out to the Masters of Malt um, fraternity and say, you've let us down. All they've got here is matured in both traditional oak and sherry casks. This demonstrates the rich intensity of Abelur single malt, peppery and fruity. And they've even got a rogue comma between the rich and intensity. Which oh, someone's job. They, they've given an intern The job at, of writing the tasting note. The, you know, not only have they not provided a, a tasting note, but they've put a comma mm, in the wrong place. There you
1: go, young Seamus. Here's your, this is your moment. Review the Abelua 12-year-old for us and he's dropped the ball completely. That really pisses me off. I mean, that's a whole lot of, what's that, you'd know it, the Shakespearean that about the words signifying nothing, a whole lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, sound and fury signifying nothing. That's what that sentence the, was. It basically said,
0: this is a whiskey by Abelua and 600. It wasn't even much fury. No. I, I would have been fine if there was a bit of bit more fury. I might have gone along with it, but that was just. Yeah, there was a lack of that passion. Was bullshit. And that was a bullshit review. That was a bullshit We're review. We're calling so. you out,
1: Master of malt.com. The Aberlour 12 deserves more respect than that.
0: Yeah, if you agree with us, just uh, a reminder our Twitter handle is at tired underscore dads. If you've tried the Aberlour 12 year old uh, or indeed any of our whiskies, please. Uh, drops line. Send us your tasting notes, or here's another one for you, Kev. Send us your most bullshit tasting note that you've ever you've ever read. Mm. So, chocolate covered raisins. Have you ever read that? Peppery banana. Have you ever read that? Anything that just does not make sense.
1: Does to it you? give you the option of Mastermalt.com to submit a user review? Yes, it does. Because I think we should do that as a matter of course. In time for the next episode. Mm. We'll submit a user review on the Abelor 12-year-old emphasizing the peppery banana. We, okay, there are some user reviews. What have people said?
0: Uh, the first one is a five-star review. Uh, the heading is Wow Factor. A real taste in whiskey, spelt with an E. This is a Scotch whiskey. What the fuck are you doing? God. That just flows down your taste channels with e Your now, taste I don't know, channels? I don't know what a taste channel is. <laughs> Um, in fact, I, I'm Your not sure I channels. want to know what a taste no, channel is. That's a,
1: fuck it. Is that a
0: euphemism? Is that is that like a fun channel? <laughs> Your, Your taste channel? channels. Mm. Truth. Oh, here's one from Mr. Tony Inch. This was given to me on my birthday and I'm glad my son did. Wow. Oh, come on, people. <laughs> this is a,
1: this is atrocious. <sighs> Oh, yeah, oh, this is... This, this is, is just so... Basically, there's all these reviews going, it's whiskey and it's nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, not... Okay, so so at the other end of the scale, we've got two stars. Um, not very impressive. Tastes more like a low-end cognac than a good single malt. My palate, spelt with two Ts... Oh. Well, palate it, is spelt with two Ts. It's is it? two oh, it's L's got two L's, L's as well. Yeah, anyway, yeah. my palate must not be a fan of the sherry cask will not be purchasing again. Well, my palate is not a fan of that fucking review. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, good start, good finish, bad middle. Unfortunately, the finish is spelt with a capital F. (laughs) So, uh, like, I mean, the Finns are lovely people. They're not known for their whiskey, however.
1: I'm a little... Dazdram's... Should it be devolving into a grammatical critique of whiskey reviews? Look, I can't help myself,
0: Kevin. This is this is you are too manager. important to me to, to just be able to pass that off. Two Tired Dads, as the name suggests, is a podcast recorded by two dads who are pretty tired. And the reason we're tired is because we spend most of our lives flitting between gainful employment and running around after small children now little secret for those of you out there who don't have children or only have one child there is actually quite a lot of social pressure to have a third child once you've got two in the bank now an alternative that we did consider on one of our episodes was what it would be like to have a dog instead
1: Dog I could get behind. Yeah, metaphorically speaking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Crickets. you know what I mean. Crickets. Crickets.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean. Like a dog, could, I could see that would kind of complete this, th- and the kids would like it. But I mean, the, ki- the kids, aren't kids aren't quite kids old like enough it. that they would do enough of the work, though. Yeah. See, so yeah, our mutual friends' kids are old enough that they can. Yeah, yeah. Walk the dog. Well, and-
0: also they've got quite a small dog. Um, I, I think it's some kind of is it a cockapoodle? poodle or cocker poodle cock a poodle do it'll be poodle. something poodle because the poodles are rooting everything poodles are really the, the yeah. they've been They're around slutting themselves they are, they are whoring <laughs> themselves to anything that'll take them everything's a something poodle cross yeah a, 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 yeah. yeah. um, so a so dober anyway,
1: poodle a rotter poodle a spoodle a, a, a spoodle a corga poodle, corga poodle, corga poodle, corga poodle a, the, a coodle is that a coodle
0: or a porgy <laughs> I don't know a, a bull poodle a bull. poodle dog Anyway, the point is that the poodles have, have been around mm. quite a lot. They're they're uh, they're spreading their seed far and wide. Um, I
1: believe it's actually a, a a very smart plan by the um, poodle to Illuminati to just the, breed out, yeah. Well the other they're slowly devices. taking over
0: the canine gene pool. Yeah. Uh, but these friends of ours... That- Trump tweeted about that, so, I'm <laughs> so it must be true. Yeah. But I think the cockapoodle is quite a small dog. It's quite, you know, it's quite cute. It doesn't require too much um, uh, maintenance. Well, it doesn't require, have a lot of exercise. But my brother-in-law, um, he and his wife live in London in a very, very small apartment. And they, uh, they were due to have their first child. Um, tiny apartment, tiny little bit of backyard. And in their infinite wisdom, they decided to get a Hungarian vishlo. Right. Uh, about, is, that? is that what kind of dog about is About two weeks before the baby was due. Uh, well, I, you know, as a puppy, obviously, they start small. But I think they end up kind of the size of a small horse. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Which makes sense in a London apartment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And requires you to run pretty much a marathon every day to exercise them. <laughs> you know, they're bred for kind of... Hunting criminals across the Eurasian steppe. yeah, you know, right, and, and going for <laughs> days without without uh, stopping. So, and I think within about, you know, the 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 newborn came along, and within about two weeks they realised, look, something's going to go the newborn or the dog. Which so that, which was it? They re- well, I thought they gave they gave some thought to it, but they did return the puppy. They return the puppy. To, returned to the to puppy. The okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, no, good. They made the right decision. That was that is thing. the humane decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you need to you need to choose your uh, your dog. What like would you Evelyn. go for? Would you have a big dog or small dog? Well, I like the idea of having a big dog. I hmm. like the idea of having a dog that you can kind of you know have a bit of rough and tumble with. What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you
1: think you'd be doing with this? What, what, well, what's know. rough I, and tumble for you with the dog? What does that involve? Oh,
0: sort of just kind of tackle you know, it. Yeah, yeah, that's right, you know. And Mutual biting. A little bit of wrestling. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I think the I'm SPCA also, is not gonna let you no. near a dog. Let's just hope they don't listen to this <laughs> podcast. Considering we only have about four listeners, I don't think there is much danger of that. But the point is that a, a big dog would require quite a lot of work, and I am a fundamentally lazy person, as you know, Kevin. That's true. So I don't think that's going to be for me. Um, the other, the other dog. Well, you could train it to do a lot
1: of tasks for you, though. Yeah, if that's it was true. Clever.
0: Yep. Do the shopping, for example.
1: We, yep. Just bring you things.
0: Bring me things. Mm. Um, do my job. Yeah. Go into the office. Yeah. Bash out a few media releases. Yeah. That'd be quite useful. Could do that. Probably write them better than I would. Probably would. Yeah. Yep. The other dog, actually, in all seriousness, the dog that I quite like is, is it the Border Collie? The Black yeah, a nice dog. Apparently they're one of the smartest dogs, but the reason I like them is the Famous Five. And if you, dear listener, don't know what I'm talking about the Famous Five, these are the inner blighting kids books, which are very, very basic Semi-racist at <laughs> times. Yeah. They haven't aged well. They haven't aged that well. Mm. Uh, their their idea of gender relations are pretty much boys get all get to do all the fun stuff. Girls don't get to do anything. Yeah. Uh, but they had a, a a dog in there, Timmy, which was a border. Timmy, colleague. that's who. It was. Yeah, 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 Timmy. And so I think I
1: was thinking of the Secret Seven, which was the
0: oh yeah they had the a dog other collar, you they? know
1: Blighton one, which is again just kind of amplified the casual racism. Sexism Cranked it up to 11 Just cranked it up because yeah. like, Enid thought she hadn't Taken it far enough With the Famous <laughs> Five Let's really Go for it with the Secret Seven Yeah
0: Yeah yeah. She had another se- Well she had various Other series She had the Five Find Outers Who also had a dog You know what I'm starting to think Now that I think about it She only had Really one plot mm. One scenario And it just varied On the number of Children in the gang mm. Did you ever have pets When you were growing up
1: No No we didn't You, you didn't even have a cat nothing no, yeah. no. I think um, we we often push for. Oh, there was a gold. There was a fish at one point.
0: What happened the, the, to
1: that? Yeah, I don't know. My oh. sister had a fish, but oh yeah, I'd like a um, I'd like a lab or an Alsatian. An Alsatian. Yeah, a German Shepherd. Or an Alsatian. Really? Yeah, my parents-in-law have one. It's that's really lovely.
0: Your parents-in-law, the poles. Yeah, got a German Shepherd. Mm. No historical concerns there. <laughs> No, actually, that's a good point. There's
1: one next door as well. Is it nostalgia for the good old days? <laughs> oh, shit, I don't know. It's a mix. Right. Yeah, it's a mix. It's a mongrel. But it's a great dog. Our neighbours have a lab, and the labs are lovely. Mm. Apparently, I thought they are quite smart, but apparently they're not. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. they they seem like the, the nice, friendly, dumb guy that sort of just hangs around. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man. Hey, 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 what's up? What's up? Want to go for a walk? Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Oh, I like it. No, no. That's Squirrel. That's
1: Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think but they're great with the kids. Mm. Yeah. And they seem just like nice dogs. Otherwise, the collie's quite good. Or yeah. maybe like a, a boxer.
0: Yeah. But they require a ton of exercise. Yeah. I, think. I was just actually thinking the border collie requires a fair amount of exercise because their usual yeah. occupation is rounding up sheep. Well, they could round up the children. They could. Good. Wouldn't that be good?
1: That would be a great... You're going nowhere because... And our daughter... Jeffrey is, the
0: collie is... And our daughter is terrified of dogs as well. So she would be... <laughs> yeah, really keep her in line. And God knows I need... Everything else I've tried hasn't worked, so... Maybe this has just come to that. Yeah. yeah that'd be that'd be
1: quite... What would you call a dog? What name would you give it? Bruce?
0: Kim and I started this podcast kind of as a hobby uh, during the strictest phase of the COVID-19 lockdown here in New Zealand. It was really intended as a way uh, for us to keep our sanity and to have some kind of intellectual stimulation that wasn't just work or trying to homeschool our children. Um, I don't know whether we succeeded in that aim. I'm not entirely sure whether you would obviously classify our podcast as intellectual stimulation um, but it certainly was something to look forward to at the end of a long week um, and in passing to those of you who are still in a lockdown or who have recently re-entered a lockdown uh, we hope all is well with you um, we hope we all get through this pandemic um, soon and we can kind of return to some kind of normality but Kevin, I did wonder what sort of normality would uh, we be looking at when we emerge from lockdown? And in particular, what, what sort of family dynamic could we, uh, could we expect to find on the other side of COVID-19? How would you describe the last you know, few weeks of lockdown as a parent? Um, looking back on it. I think there have been,
1: uh, I think you used this phrase earlier, the, the best of times, the worst of times, mm. you know. I think it's been great to have a lot of time with the kids. I think it's made us rethink a lot of things about how we handle work stress and how we handle parenting. And um,
0: Badly in all cases.
1: Badly initially <laughs> and realized, yes, we have a lot more work to do, that we need to hide our drinking. Yeah. Um, no, I think we've, it, like, there's been lots of great stuff. I, I regret that, in a way, the kids have constantly seen us on computers and they'll come up and ask for something. You go, like, you know, I'm on a call. I'm on another, yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Another on one busy. of the million fucking Zoom calls that you have <laughs> to do every day. That's been the less desirable part. Um, well, I think overall it's been reasonably positive. I mean, I think we've done some cool stuff, like a lot of mornings. It was funny how at the start of the lockdown, you know, you were kind of enthusiastic about, okay, we're going to get up, and I was doing some kids yoga with the kids mm. from YouTube, and we were doing drawing and lots of Lego, and then kind of as it's worn on, everyone's lost enthusiasm for everything, you know. So now it's kind of we just get up and put on the TV and I do go know, to work.
0: But do you know what? I mean, in a way, I think that's a far more honest kind of parenting experience than the whole yeah we're going to you know we're going to really get st- stuck into things i actually if going back to to your question i'd almost say that our our family response to the lockdown has been one of kind of getting to know what makes each other tick. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. it. It's actually sort of... In a way that you can't normally because life's usually so busy. Yeah, and you don't sort of see anywhere near as much of each other during the week. You know, the kids are off at school, you know, Mm. um, you you and your spouse are off at your respective workplaces. You kind of actually sort of get to grips in a good way and a bad way with what... um, how people you know how your family kind of relates to each other under pressure and yeah and you have a lot of arguments um but also you have some really really lovely times Mm. and it's those kind of it's that and i I think it's that's what that's what always puts me off a little bit about you know this is the brave new world and everything's going to fucking change for the for the best and all the rest of it part of me the cynic always thinks really yeah it could be very different but Let's just sort of take it for what it is rather than sort of trying to put this, this um, futuristic, mm. fucking, you know, um, beyond 2000 kind of gloss on things. Because I agree with cause you it's that. not like that. In, in, in a way, it's really sort of just family life in slightly different circumstances. So as I said at the start, Kev and his wife and children are travelling around the South Island of New Zealand in a small, confined camper van, which is um, the sort of holiday that you take when um, when you really have nothing to lose, I think, and uh, you know, it, it, it sounds like um, they are having a great time so far. It's still at the start of their holidays, so um, God only knows what kind of state he's going to be in when he gets home. But in one of our more recent episodes, we also kind of thought about what it was like traveling around with our family and close confinement uh, when we were younger, and some of the uh, some of the weird adventures that our parents put us through on our own summer holidays. Take a listen.
1: Now, what about you? Anything notable? Oh, they were, yeah, we went to Australia too, actually.
0: Yeah, well, Anything we used to. That was a big deal. We used to go to, to Australia to, um, you know, to the ancestral farm, uh, and that was kind of memorable. Get thrown off the back of the truck. Get thrown off the back of the truck. Well, it was memorable because basically, as as our listeners may uh, know, pretty much everything in Australia will try and kill you at some point. Everything's poisonous. Yep. Everything's carnivorous. Yeah. Um, so if you ever made it back from Australia alive, you'd consider that a pretty successful holiday. Mm. You know, there were, um, particularly in Queensland. Queensland's a particularly nasty uh, place in Australia as far as the local fauna goes. Mm. You, know, it's, it, you know, you've got taipan snakes, which, you know, like most snakes, you, you kind of, you hear, if they, if they hear you, they'll sort of escape. They're more mm. scared of you than you are of them. It's like fucking bullshit as far as right. I'm concerned. So you're not taking the kid's to north queensland for a holiday no well i don't think our wife i can take them but my wife certainly won't be coming (laughs) i think she's told me no one said (laughs) there were crocodiles in a creek down the back of the the farm really yeah just swimming about we used to go out and in these blown up kind of tractor tires make rafts out of them looking back i think god how did i survive all that really there were shark nets at the local beach to keep the sharks away you know, massive holes in the nets, and obviously they didn't keep out the blue bottle. You know, no octopuses and uh, box jellyfish and all the rest of it. So yeah, it was a, it was a death trap, really. Simpl- and in fact, times. thinking back on it, I wonder why we went so often to Queensland and why my parents never went into the water. Mm. Mm. Sort of, they would kind of send us out and and keep us out there with long sticks, kind of push us back in.
1: Go swim, swim, swim for the nets. I might have to have a
0: conversation about them about mm. this with them.
1: Did they drop kind of drop you out deep and get you to check on the nets? I do remember the them, nets I do
0: remember some them pushing out uh, us out of the side of a boat and then pouring a whole pile of blood and um, fish guts into the water. Mm, I Wonder why that was. I don't know it always struck me as a bit strange at the time. Yeah. But
1: um, maybe they maybe they'd slipped. The bucket slipped. Well, that's what they told us. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But thinking back on it, doesn't make a lot of sense now. Mm. Yeah.
1: So you're going to take your kids there any time soon? Probably.
0: And there you have it, the first tasting episode of the Two Tired Dads podcast. A little uh, trip down memory lane over the past seven or eight episodes or so, uh, spanning, what, three months or thereabouts from lockdown here in New Zealand to uh, the emergence into some kind of new normal. Um, We hope you're all doing well wherever you may be in the world. we hope that, uh, that you're staying safe uh, and that you're enjoying the podcast and it's giving you some kind of um, not terribly serious take on the world and, in particular, the world of parenting. If you are enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends about it. We'd love for you to, uh, to share the word. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, follow us on social media. So, uh, Twitter at underscore we're on Facebook. Two Tired Dads and Instagram at Two Tired Dads, and despite all the mockery that Kev has sent my way for signing up uh, to Instagram for an audio podcast, he has actually started using it to post photos of his trip down south. So if you're if you're not from New Zealand and you're curious to see what the South Island's like, head over to our Instagram uh, account and you can see some pretty spectacular shots there. In the meantime, we'll be back live next week um, with, uh, with Kev, fresh from his travels. In the meantime, take it easy, and we'll speak to you soon.